Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I am your host Danny, and today I am going to cover considerations for programming your or your client's training. And the reason I'm going to cover this subject is because I've actually had quite a lot of questions on it recently on like Instagram questions boxes and in my direct messages and it's quite um it's quite a lengthy topic to cover on a questions box or on a direct message. So I thought I would just cover it in a podcast and then I can direct anyone to this podcast if they ask any questions about it. And hopefully it will help provide a little bit of insight on how I program my own and clients training because I do program uh, my own training now as well as my clients. So hopefully it provides a little bit of um, value and insight for you. And as always, if any of you have any questions off the back of this, if you have any more specific questions that you want to dive into, just drop me a direct message because I promise I don't bite and I am always more than happy to help. So first of all, what I want to say is whether the goal is fat loss or hypertrophy, Training for optimizing your body composition, so either building as much muscle tissue as possible or maintaining as much muscle tissue as possible during a fat loss phase, training should include structured resistance training and the application of progressive overload. We don't need to completely switch up our training style when we enter a calorie deficit and when we want to pursue fat loss. You know, there's a common misconception that when your goal is fat loss, you should start doing loads of drop sets and lots of supersets and switch to high reps, when in reality, that's really not the case. And a way which might help you to think about that is to think about when your goal is fat loss and you're wanting to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible, what enabled you to put on new muscle tissue is exactly what is going to help you retain the muscle tissue you are carrying during a fat loss phase. So that's how I want you to think about approaching training programming, whether your goal is fat loss or whether your goal is hypertrophy. What I will say is if you are a general population client and you are not necessarily looking to really maximize progress with hypertrophy and you don't really mind if you lose a bit of muscle tissue whilst you're losing body fat you can certainly be more flexible with your training but if you are a competitor or someone who really really wants to maximize progress from a body composition perspective then you should follow um, quite a structured, quite a rigid training program, which applies progressive overload and which is appropriate for the goal of hypertrophy. Um, and an example of that is, you know, now I am doing some CrossFit style training alongside my hypertrophy style training. And that is okay for me because I don't want to maximally develop muscle tissue now. So I don't mind if I, you know, I don't mind if I just maintain the muscle tissue that I'm carrying. So for me, it's okay to include some CrossFit style training. I'm not in a deficit, so I'm not going to lose muscle tissue because I am still resistance training in a structured manner. I'm just doing some CrossFit alongside that. Um, but it's worth mentioning that my training is not 
to maximize progress with hypertrophy. And if I did decide I wanted to maximize progress with hypertrophy again, then I would not include the CrossFit training because it's not quote unquote optimal from um, a maximal muscle tissue building perspective, if that makes sense. So if you want to maximally develop muscle tissue or you want to maximally retain as much muscle tissue as possible during a fat loss phase, you ideally want to train in a way which is slightly more optimal from a hypertrophy perspective and in a structured manner where you can apply progressive overload over the course of a training block or a mesocycle. So when you are programming, what you should consider first and foremost is injury history and whether the client has any current niggles or injuries because you don't want to cause the client any further issues you don't want to make any current injuries worse and you don't want to cause any previous injuries to flare up again so if there are any exercises that the client cannot do because of current injuries then they should not be included in a training program of course and if for example a client has struggled with um, their lower back previously you need to be aware of the amount of lower back loading you program in over the week it might be wise to um, advise the client if they have had a history of lower back problems not to go to failure on exercises which do include lower back loading it might be wise to limit those exercises and um just be smart about the way that you program things. So, you know, if, if a client's had a lower back issue in the past, it's probably not smart to program something like a barbell back squat. You would be much better off programming a squat pattern movement where they don't have to load their back so much, such as a leg press. Um, and that's just something that's really important to take into account. So injury history and whether the client has any current niggles or injuries at all. You, of course, also need to take into account what the client or yourself has access to. So what equipment have they got at their gym? And I know this might sound really simple, but I think it's actually something which is overlooked. You know, it's really important to ask um, your client or yourself what equipment you have access to at the facility where you are training, whether that be, you know, during lockdown in a home training phase or whether that be in the gym, ask them what equipment they specifically have access to and program based on that so that they can actually complete their training program effectively. Um, I also ask all of my clients and obviously take into account when I'm programming for myself about likes and dislikes. So are there any particular exercises which the client or myself really, really doesn't like? And are there any particular exercises which I or my client really, really enjoys and wants in their training program? It's really important to take this into account because how much someone enjoys their programming will affect how much effort they're actually able to put into the process consistently. And that will, of course, affect the end results. If you are able to really apply yourself to your training and train with more intent and you're more motivated to train, you're going to see better progress and you're also going to be able to sustain your efforts over an extended period of time. Whereas if you really, really dislike your training program, 
you're probably going to go in a little bit more half-hearted and you're not going to put anywhere near as much effort in and that's not going to result in the best progress so it is important to take into account likes and dislikes and not just program generically and of course that's something that may change as someone goes through the process as well so it's important to continue to get feedback either from yourself or from a client on um what what they like and dislike and what I will do personally with my clients is every time we approach a deload I will say to the client you know we've got a deload coming up I'm going to be programming your next training block your next mesocycle do you have any requests are there any particular exercises you've really enjoyed in this last training block and are there any exercises that you've really really not enjoyed and you're starting to resent a little bit and then I'll take those I'll take that feedback on board when I'm programming the client's next training block and that's something that I'll do with myself as well obviously I don't literally ask myself that question but um, I'll have a little think about exercises that I'm really enjoying and exercises which I'm not enjoying so much obviously there sometimes has to be an element of sacrifice especially during like a home training phase where the pool of exercises you have to choose from is much more limited you're you're not going to be able to include quite as much variation and you might have to sort of grin and bear it with some exercises to some extent and an example of that is during the home training phase it is you know you're going to get much more bang for your buck most of the time doing unilateral exercises such as split squats such as single leg hip thrusts um, because when you've got less load available to you, you're going to be able to create a much greater challenge if you're doing unilateral exercises as opposed to bilateral exercises in most situations. So a split squat versus a, a bilateral squat with your body weight is going to be much more difficult. So like I said, there's going to be some situations where you do have to grin and bear it a little bit and you do have to sort of um, accept the fact that you can't enjoy every single exercise, 100% every single session. And also everyone has bad days and good days. So it's important to take that into account. But when programming, do take into account, account the client's likes and dislikes or your own likes and dislikes wherever possible. Um, another thing to consider, especially with competitors, because it is quite common, does your client or yourself have breast implants? Because if they do, the likelihood is that they probably won't be able to flat press. And obviously, if the, the client has newly had implants, if they've just had the operation, then they aren't going to be able to do any upper body. So it's important to take that into account and um, along with other surgeries you need to take those things into account and um, listen to what the professionals that the client has been working with have to say in that situation as well. It's really important that as fitness professionals, we do communicate with medical professionals and we take on board what they have to say because they are specialists in their field. So if your client ever has a surgery or they go to see their GP about something, ask them what that professional has had to say and whether there's any adjustments that you need to make to training or nutrition based on whatever they have um, had a problem with essentially or whatever you know surgeries they've had or what medications they're on 
Um, so always communicate with other professionals that your clients or yourself are working with. Another consideration is how many times over the week can you or your client consistently commit to training? You don't want to set yourself up with unrealistic expectations or you don't want to set your client up with unrealistic expectations. It's really important to think long term if you want sustainable results. The client or yourself are going to see much better results from consistently putting the effort in week in, week out with a slightly lower training frequency as opposed to trying to train six times a week and doing that one week and then failing the next and feeling like failure and then falling off the bandwagon and then trying to get back on it again. Consistency is so important. So you're going to be much better off being realistic with yourself or being realistic with your client and setting yourself up with a training program that you can actually adhere to. And that will result in better progress overall and better um, long-term success so more sustainable results so it's really important to take into account how many times over the week you can realistically commit to training make training if you're you know if you're not a competitor and you've not got an extreme goal make training a part of your life as opposed to your whole entire life and make sure it's it fits your lifestyle so you know have a real hard think about your priorities and um, what your work schedule is like, when can you fit training in, try and make training a part of your schedule as opposed to um, just sort of waiting until you're motivated to get your training sessions done, schedule it in like you would do with work, it will increase your chances of success and if you do that as well, you will know realistically how many times you can train over the week if you have a look at your diary and um, plan your sessions in ahead of time and have a look where you could fit those in the day and in the week if that makes sense. Um, and your training frequency will dictate to some extent your training split as well, because if, for example, you can only train three times over the week, it would be worth considering something like a full body split. So doing three full body sessions rather than doing pull push legs, for example, because if you do pull push legs, you're only going to be hitting if you're doing pull push legs and you're only training three times over the week, you're only going to hit each muscle group once a week whereas if you do three full body sessions if you're only able to train three times over the week you're going to be hitting each muscle group at a frequency of three times over the week and then hitting each you know the frequency of hitting each muscle group is not the be all and end all there's many different factors which contribute to your ability to progress with hypertrophy but it is um it is an influencing factor. It is going to influence your ability to progress with hypertrophy. And like I said, if you're only able to train three times over the week, you're going to be much better off training using something like a full body split as opposed to something like pull push legs. And then if you are able to train more frequently, for example, if you were to able if you were able to train five times over the week then you might be okay doing something like pull push legs upper lower because you're still going to be hitting each muscle group at a frequency of a minimum of twice over the week. So if you're training more frequency, you can get away with being a little bit more um, specialized with each session, if that makes sense, while still hitting each muscle group at a decent frequency over the week. 
Um, what also will dictate a training split is um, the client's focus areas and also how new they are to training because a client who's brand new to training is going to see really, really good progress doing something like a full body split. The more advanced they get, they might have to specialize a little bit more. So that's something to take into account as well. In terms of category considerations, so bikini versus figure, we must always take into account the individual's physique. Their strengths and weaknesses matter as we want to create a balanced physique. And an example of this is if a bikini girl has really overdeveloped quads, we might want to keep training volume for that muscle group minimum minimal sorry not minimum <laughs> and isolate and we might not want to isolate the muscle group so um we might not want to include any leg extensions or exercises that bias the quads if they already have overdeveloped quads and they're wanting to compete in the bikini category because we want a nice balanced physique for that category um, and most categories to be completely honest with you so it's really important to take into account the individual's current physique, where their strengths and weaknesses lie and program based on that. And again, that's something that we will adapt as we go through the process as well. And as a client or your physique develops, we can always adjust training volume per muscle group wherever necessary. We can adjust training intensity and we can alter exercises to bias different muscle groups as well. For example, a split squat, you can perform a split squat to bias the quads um, and you can also perform it in a different way to bias the glutes and hamstrings. So we can make adjustments like that based on the individual's physique, their strengths and weaknesses and how they are progressing as well. Um, it's also really important to take into account the fact that for some people, different muscle groups will respond to different training volumes. Like you might not need much training volume at all for um, the quads, just as an example, but you might need a lot to bring up the glutes and hamstrings. So it's important to take into account um, how an individual responds throughout the process and adjust that where necessary. And that's of course where progress pictures come in uh, along with the, uh, the client's feedback as well. Bikini girls are going to want to prioritize muscle groups such as their glutes and hamstrings and their delts, unless these muscle groups are already super strong for an individual. So it's important to take that into account when we are considering what training split to put an individual on. Um, because again, going back to training frequency, you might want to put a bikini girl on a split which hits the glutes at a frequency of like three or more times over the week just to really specialize um, and prioritize that muscle group for, for those athletes who are being judged on their glutes quite heavily. So it's important to take that into account. Um, along with their recovery capabilities, you know, there's no point in increasing the frequency at, at which someone trains a muscle group over the week and then them not be able to recover from that frequency. They've got to be able to recover from it. So whatever, you know, whatever you set as somebody's program, it's important to once you have established that baseline programming, you want to monitor recovery throughout the process and adjust training volume and or intensity and exercise selection wherever necessary. 
And in order to monitor recovery, you should assess factors, whether this is with a client or yourself, such as muscle soreness, cognitive function, sleep, menstrual cycle regularity. You might want to measure factors such as heart rate, heart rate variability. These things are all great um, signs of where recovery is at which you can use you don't want to ever rely on like one data point so you wouldn't just take heart rate and rely on that alone but you would take all of these different data points or these different um feedback points and use them in combination to assess an individual's recovery capabilities and of course deload wherever necessary and adjust training volume intensity and exercise selection to ensure that the client can recover effectively because they will only adapt in a positive manner to a training stimulus which they can actually recover from so always adjust throughout the process you know it's not a case of you program for yourself or a client and then that's it it just stays like that forever it's so important to adapt wherever necessary and it's not something which is fixed forever you should um monitor and change and Another thing which is worth pointing out whilst I'm on this point of recovery as well is as an athlete gets more advanced and they are moving more load and they're also able to train at uh, higher training intensities, they may not be able to handle as much training volume. So you might have to bring training volume down. You might have to bring training frequency down as an athlete or as you get more advanced and you're able to train at higher intensities and move more load because your training becomes more taxing. Every single set, every single rep becomes more taxing when you're using more load and when you're training at higher intensities. So it's so important to take all of these factors into account. And there's a lot to cover when it comes to um, programming somebody's training and I think this it, this podcast will hopefully help emphasize how important it is to program specifically for each individual and how important it is to get feedback throughout the process and adjust when necessary rather than just following cookie cutter plans or you know giving the same plan out to every client which unfortunately some coaches still do to this day they need to they should really change that approach if they really want to get the best um out of each individual that they are coaching or out of themselves if they're programming for themselves so you know there's no one size fits all um and it's really important to to program specifically for each individual and when I'm saying you should adjust throughout the process I'm not saying that you need to change your training program every couple of weeks it's actually quite important to stick with a training program for an extended period of time because that will allow you to make really good progress. It will allow you to get really good at certain exercises and apply progressive overload over an extended period of time. You don't need to be changing things every couple of weeks, but you should adjust where it is actually necessary to adjust. Um, so if you know an exercise has really started to stall, or if an individual is really, really hating an exercise and it's come to a deload and you're programming their next training block, it's important to take that into account. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be throwing the kitchen sink at your programming every mesocycle. It's just about making small adjustments where necessary. But let me know if you have any questions off the back of this, guys. I hope that's helped cover 
the basics when it comes to training training programming I might do a a second podcast on this subject just to go into a little bit more depth because it's a very broad topic to be completely honest which is why I decided to do this podcast rather than just replying to each individual dm and um the questions box because it's it's a bit too in-depth to cover properly on a questions box story or on a direct message so that's why I wanted to do this podcast but I also wanted to keep it understandable and not ramble on for too long so hopefully this has gone into enough detail to give you a little bit more insight but it's been understandable and like I said if you have any further questions off the back of this please drop me a dm or ask on a questions box and I will either do a more in-depth podcast on it again and go into a little bit more detail dig into the subject a little bit more for you based on the questions that you ask or I will answer each individually but thank you so much for listening I appreciate your guys support more than you could possibly imagine it means the world when you share that you're listening on your Instagram story when you like and subscribe and leave a review on Apple podcast so please please do so if you do enjoy the content on the female fitness podcast have a wonderful rest of your day guys and I will see you next week